It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk about the visit over the weekend, Sunday and Monday, reportedly Nolan Smith from Georgia, the edge rusher, the second rated, highest rated edge rusher in the draft behind Will Anderson by most draft boards, by many uh, evaluators, visited Hallis Hall. He's from Georgia. It seems like everybody the Bears are either interested in or drafted from Georgia. They have a, a pipeline straight from a shuttle, the Lake Forest to Athens shuttle back and forth. Nolan Smith's a very interesting prospect. 4.39 in the 40-yard dash, explosive as they come, productive in college. He does have the high character that the Bears seek in high draft picks. Dan, I don't know, though, where he ranks in terms of prospects that I would, you know, automatically think, okay, I can see where they're coming from. I have to be honest. I have a few reservations When it comes to, well, the Bears, if they go to the podium and and Roger Goodell announces with the ninth pick, they pick Nolan Smith, I would understand what they see in him as a player. I just don't know if it would address what they need to address at this moment. Well, here's what you have to wrap your brains around as it relates to Nolan Smith. Six foot two, 238 pounds. And so what you see is a guy with the skill set and the size to be an ideal fit as an edge rusher in a 3-4 system. We all know that Matt Eberflus runs a 4-3 system and spent much of March getting his free agency shopping done to get off the ball linebackers, which a lot of people think that if if Nolan Smith were to join a 4-3 system, he is better suited to be an off the ball linebacker that you kind of play around with and use as a chess piece. And so um, fit is a huge question mark that the Bears would have to explain if that's a decision they were to make. Now, I've had other people in the league tell me, look, like you just get rid of the 3-4-4-3 discussion when you're talking about prospects at this point and say, what can this guy do at an elite level? What can this guy do that potentially makes him a star in the NFL? And if you are sold that he has star qualities, well, then you figure out how to kind of reconfigure and set up roles and set up niches and do some things defensively that bring out the skills and the player that you draft. It's a fascinating discussion because to your point, the talent is there. The speed is is elite. There's juice to this guy, both in terms of the athleticism he brings and in terms of the energy that he creates for teammates. Now you just have to figure out if it makes sense for you with what you are trying to do. I can't quite get my brain wrapped around it because of what we just talked about in terms of that that 3-4-4-3 fit. But there are people that know a lot more about the game and get paid a lot more money to make those decisions than me at Hallis Hall. And so I'd be curious to know kind of how they're uh, sifting through this. Well, when I was talking this through with somebody who kind of evaluates players for a living, it was pointed out to me not to forget one thing about the Bears, where they are in this build or rebuild or however you want to describe it. And it was that, hey, Remember, you're looking at this, and he's talking about you guys being the media. You guys are looking at this as the 2023 draft, the first pick, the ninth overall selection. Whereas I think if you are 
in a front office, you're trained to kind of look at things in bigger windows and maybe maybe more of a macro type approach. And the, the point was made to me is like, don't forget the Bears have two first round draft picks in 2024. And so you will you go into this draft wanting to address all of your most pressing needs, but knowing that that's that's probably unrealistic. So if you have somebody like a Nolan Smith is in this example that you could envision being a really high caliber Pro Bowl level type of player down the road, then you take him. And you figure it out. And it was also that point was driven home by not only with the Nolan Smith example, because that was the context of the question that I asked, but it was like he brought up Bijan Robinson and what we talked about in the last pod as far as don't think of this just in the prism yeah. of this draft. You remember the Bears have you know, accumulated some high picks in the next draft. So that's also to be considered. No question about it. I, and, and look, like I, I am 100% – on the bus that says if you see a player that you are convinced can be a star you don't find reasons to kick him off the bus right like you bring him to wherever you're going and you say we're going to figure this out as we go i've got an extension of the discussion that you just had about you know seeing more than just thursday night of this draft when you're seeing the big picture of the chicago bears in a minute but as it relates to nolan smith you hear comparisons to hassan reddick who was a very similar size coming out of college, who had a very similar skill set. Oh, by the way, this past season, Hassan Reddick had his big breakthrough and was a Pro Bowl pass rusher, defensive weapon, who I think finished second in the NFL in sacks for a team that played for the Super Bowl, right? And so (laughs) you're not in a position to turn down that caliber of talent, that caliber of athlete. The question is, is when you have a whole bunch of guys on a cloud on a shelf, what did what is Paul saying? Is he using tiers or clouds or shelves? I can't remember where we were with him. Buckets. I think he was a bucket guy, right? He's a bucket guy. So, so if you're in the bucket, I, I, I don't like and, buckets. Buckets, and, like yes, yeah, it look awkward. Too too deep for you to dig into that bucket. But anyway, yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna have multiple selections in in that in that range, and now you just got to figure out what makes the most sense for you. Um, look, I think there's gonna be a almost. We could probably do an entire episode the first week of May about the guys the Bears passed on. You know, the the Monday episode is who did they draft? And then the Tuesday episode is who did they pass on? Because particularly at the top of the draft, those conversations are going to be fascinating because you always have to play that game of what might have been and what could be up the road and figure out why decisions were made. Because once you understand the philosophy of why decisions are made, then you have a better lens with which to judge the evaluators who are making the decisions. And see, I look at it this way too, is that I, I keep finding in the case of Nolan Smith, another player that to, in my mind again this is this is our podcast these are just our opinions in my mind disqualifies probably Jalen Carter because you look at all of the things that you look at in, in wanting to draft for for the Bears and Ryan Pohl specifically this year is that if you have the option of getting a, a surer thing there's no such thing as a sure thing in the draft but a surer thing then I think that you probably are more inclined to take that prospect. And now you, if Nolan Smith falls into that category, as I think he does, you've got another guy that I think is more of a surer thing than Jalen Carter, who has the risk-reward calculus is very difficult to for me to balance out. So you've got B. John Robinson, and you've got Nolan mm-hmm. Smith, yeah. and you've got three offensive tackles. Yeah. And, and the only guys that I put in the kind of sketchy category where I have questions would be, Tyree Wilson, because doesn't he have like surgery and an ankle with some uh, screwing his, I, I don't want to 
pass bad information, but doesn't he have health issues associated with his ankle and Jalen Carter, who has the obvious concerns that we've documented? Yeah, and that's one of those things that Ryan Poles is going to have to find comfort in as he gets closer to draft weekend is is figuring out how, um, I guess, wedded to the surest things he is. <laughs> you know, you can see ceiling, you can see potential, you can see star potential in a, in a certain player, but you have trouble laying your head down at night leading up to the draft, wondering what happens if he, if he completely fails on us, what if, if he busts out and how much does that set our rebuild back? I think you and I are both in agreement that, that in, and it's the reason we spent so much time on the B. John Robinson discussion. Sure. Things are, are really nice to have star players are really nice to have when you're a 14 loss football team with not a lot of sure things or star players. Um, so that's, that's part of the, the conversation that has to be had at Ellis Hall. It's something that, that Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and to some extent, Kevin Warren have to be the, the leaders of, and then they've got to get themselves ready to go into draft weekend with, with, with a firm uh, impression on all of these guys so that th they don't get caught up in the moment and, and make a hasty decision. Anybody who's played fantasy football understands how in, in the moment with the clock ticking, you can sometimes get rash and do something that you didn't want to do. Also, because it's in line with the way maybe the bears have uh, approached free agency. And then what they did in the, when they did move down from one to nine and what they, how, how they approached it. He went out in free agency, and even though it wasn't a position of need, they got sure things in their minds in, in Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. They were sure things at positions where they felt like they were as pressing needs as up front, but they got them because they wanted to be able to re rely on something. They win the trade, and they got DJ Moore after trading for Chase Claypool. Obviously, everybody understands why, but when you can get a sure thing that is – you know, more predictable, I think you're more inclined to want to do that. You want to create a roster, a depth chart that has as few question marks as possible. Even when you have players who you think are high potential, you don't want to have those be, have high risk as well. So I don't know. It's something I thought about as we're starting to look into what to expect from Ryan Poles. I think what you just described was a general manager that you want to approach on April 27th. You want to approach <laughs> that day with conviction. You want him to be Somebody who, like, there I say it. I mean, every general manager, you want to be have a sense of conviction when mm -hmm. you draft him. Ryan Pace had it when he traded for Mitch Trubisky. Didn't work out, but he was hell-bent on getting a quarterback <laughs> on that night. And I think that similarly, maybe not as recklessly, but I think similarly, you want the same kind of approach from Ryan Poles because he hasn't ruined his reputation yet. He hasn't made the trade that he'll never outgrow. So I think that's what you're looking for. Well, to that end, the player that he selects as the number nine overall pick will become part of the resume, a huge part. It'll be the first first round pick that Ryan Poles makes as an NFL general manager. It will be a, right. a statement of which direction his report card is going to go. Obviously, we know it takes a couple of years to make firm judgments on those types of things, but you want to look back on that pick and say that was a catalyst and not something that that set uh, you know sent us sideways a little bit, and so the the mission to create sturdiness is ongoing, and it's something that they have to do. Now, I, I'll bring this up now because I think it is an extension of what you talked about earlier, because this has been mentioned to me in a, a couple different forums as well. 